Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Think on These Things. Uh, my name is Josh Barnett. Join with my guy, my producer, my do-it-all man, Noah Tice. Yes, sir. We're excited about our episode today. Uh, actually, kind of a series we want to start, but it may, maybe it's going definitely going to be more than one episode. Probably for sure. Yeah, uh, we've actually already recorded it once, and the devil I failed as the as the oh, producer. The, the devil's trying to <laughs> keep us from doing it. We're going to do a little series. May just be one or maybe two parts for sure, but may go into three and four. Kind of depends on how long it goes. But yeah. uh, something I want to. We're, we're basically going to title it "Knowing the Word." Knowing the Word, John chapter one. He starts, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we look at this. This is not a 1611 King James Version Bible in heaven with the Father and the Holy Spirit. This is the Son. This is Jesus. Yep. And so I want to talk about knowing the Word and what that looks like. And I think, first of all, it looks like abiding in Him. It looks like knowing Him, uh, knowing the man Jesus, living in relationship with Him. Um, that You know, we don't, when we get saved, we don't, we don't start the fire. The Holy Spirit, like, initiates it, but then mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to steward this relationship that we have with Him, just like any anything else. And I think that's why the New Testament, Paul specifically describes it as this marriage, you know, this uh, Christ and the church, uh, husband and wife, and and we are stewarding it like we would steward uh, a marriage relationship. It's, you know, and so we have this yeah. relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I think we relate to those different aspects of God, those personhoods of God um, separately, but it, it, is, uh, it is Jesus who gives the gifts um, that makes us the one— um, that he, Jesus is the one that, that came, the Emmanuel that came here. And so we have this relationship with him. Obviously, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is what dwells inside of us. It is the flame that has been given with us. But Jesus talks about abiding in him. Mm-hmm. And when we abide in, when we seek this relationship without Jesus, that Jesus and the Father are one. Um, and even when he talks to his disciples, like you, you know, just as we're one, me and the Father are one, you and I are one. Yeah. It's like we're living in this. We get caught up in this basically kind of the swirl with the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk about knowing him, uh, stewarding that flame. I, I love what Paul tells Timothy. And you really see Paul's love for Timothy here. This is probably Paul's last letter, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, and he and I've got verses 2 through 10 uh, written down, but but because he talks about, um, I'm thank God for you. I, I, I long to see you. Um, we, we had tears as we parted. So you really see this love relationship that Paul has for Timothy. It's like, it's not really like mentor, mentor. It's like father, son. And it's like, this is the most important thing that you can do. And you get to, um, verse six, this is why I remind you to fan into flames, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and of self discipline or sound mind. And I think it's important that he says that. Well, and then he even says, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord or about me with the strength, be ready to suffer for the good news. But he's showing Timothy, like you're going to be able to do those things. If you fan into flame, that gift that was given to you by the Holy spirit. And, you know, he could be talking about spiritual giftings. He could be talking about the baptism of the Holy spirit, but even I think he's talking about just Timothy's own relationship with the Lord is that Timothy, you have a responsibility to fan this into flame. You have a responsibility to make this fire grow. You have a responsibility to tend this thing that was given to you by the Lord. And that's like, you know, so we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but 
and insecurity, but we're going to walk in the fear of man. We're going to walk in insecurity. We're going to walk yeah. in pride. We're going to twist things. And even in the name of doing good ministry, we'll, ch- you know, change who God has called us to be because mm-hmm. we're not stewarding that fire mm-hmm. on the inside of us. It becomes more about us. And, and he's like, no, he's given us this spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And so I really, you know, f- people fall into fear. They fall into anxiety. They fall, they can fall into depression. They, they fall in, uh, even into different sins because they're not stewarding this flame. They're not knowing mm-hmm. the word. Do you ever feel like the more you steward the flame, the hotter things get in, oh, yeah. in the sense of like, like I'll, I'll be stewarding the flame like I never have before. Yeah. And then I will also be hit by a storm of depression or anxiety or things like that I've never had to deal with before. And I've looked at it and just in those moments in the past and just been like, in the moment, it was so confusing sure. because it, it came after I was in this spot where I was just like mm-hmm. fanning the flame. Yeah. And then I realized that, you know, the closer you get to the Lord, the more he's purging those things out of you. Mm -hmm. And so I can also look at the depth of the insecurity in which that the blinders have been removed into seeing what I was dealing with. And I would say, you know, two years ago, never would have dreamed that Mm -hmm. there was that insecurity there. But now it's been brought to light. And now I have to walk through that. And I feel like sometimes, you know, even in fanning the flame, people uh, misconstrued seasons of uh, hardship mentally, Mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, or whatever, as, as, well, I just must not be fanning the flame enough, Mm -hmm. but it actually could come and this might just be me, but it's a pruning. It could come as a result of you fanning that flame more. Right. And the Lord is ripping away that flesh from you. Yeah. 100%. He's all consuming fire. And so like, as we get closer, those things begin to be burned out. And And so like fanning that flame, you want more? Are you sure you want more? Yeah. You know, because more (laughs) means that it's going to hurt. Yeah. And pruning is a result, like we see in John 15, like he prunes us because he loves us. And so that discipline, even, you know, Hebrews 12, the all consuming fire, but it also talks about he disciplines us because he loves us. Mm -hmm. And so as we invite more of his presence into our lives and as we seek him more, he's like, okay, like, you know, you want this, I'm going to sharpen you up. Now it's getting through that season of like, man, fruit's coming. You know, fruit that remains is coming, Mm -hmm. but, but just welcome that. And I'll also say too, like some of it can be spiritual warfare. For sure. You know, cause David, it seems as if when King David was, when he was a shepherd and anointed to be King, that he didn't deal with a lion and a bear until after he was anointed. So it's like right. once you start walking. And even after he was king, the yeah. stuff that he was dealing with after that was just so much more intense than but it's what like he the, experienced out in the wilderness. Once you become a threat to the devil, you know, right. once you become a threat to his kingdom. I love Leonard Ravenhill says, like, get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like, that's easy. Yeah. He's like, I want my name to be known in hell. I want the devil to fear me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so uh, I think that's kind of funny. But yeah, as you get closer, it's like this pruning comes from the Lord. And I think sometimes that God uses that spiritual warfare of like, he didn't send those things, but he'll use those things. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't think that God sent the the lion and the bear. I think that right. was from an attack from the enemy. And so sometimes these things that we're feeling or experiencing as we're getting closer could be spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. but the Lord will use them, mm-hmm. right? To put you on the battlefield with Goliath. Yeah. And so yeah. I think all of that happens as you begin to abide in him, but also mm-hmm. say like, you know, towards the end of John 15, he says like, I'm telling you these things so that your, your joy will be full. Your joy yes. may be complete. And yep. so it's like, as we learn to know him and as mm-hmm. we steward this flame and even what Paul's talking about here is like, you fan that thing into flame. These are the things that you're going to inherit. Yeah. It's going to drive yeah. these other things out of you. And you're going to inherit these things that God mm-hmm. wants you to walk in. 
So, and I, and I feel like that in, at least within the individual's experience of, you know, cause there's a line in the bear, which a lot of times are like outside circumstances sure. that you can't necessarily can, can control, but also like your flesh naturally default is, is, it's just not mm-hmm. wanting anything to do with the Lord. Right. And Paul talks about that in Romans. It's like, you know, your flesh wants nothing to do with the things of God. Mm -hmm. And so naturally when you fan into flame, it's going to feel like a part of you is being ripped away. And then you're going to look back and you're going to be like, that was so needed Mm -hmm. for the level of, you know, kingdom works that I'm doing now. And I see it too. Like I see just because I've been in youth ministry for a long time, but I even see it like in youth camps as kids come into this environment with like in the presence of the Lord. And, you know, one of the first things that always takes place is like a repentance, a, I got to get, I'm in the presence of God. And like these things, I'm beginning to be convicted. I'm beginning to feel this about how I've been living or what I have, you know, in my room or whatever. And so like mm-hmm. this repentance take place. And so there's this, there's sorrow that comes a mm-hmm. godly sorrow of like, mm-hmm. man, Lord, I want to give this up for you. I cannot believe I've been living this way. Mm-hmm. But then what follows throughout the week is this joy, this peace, mm-hmm. this like supernatural thing. And so you, you, they tell kids like you're on a camp high and I don't think that they're on a camp high. I think, you no. Know, like you're walk, you're beginning to walk in the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing revival in your life and you can actually continue to carry this out. Now the troubles come obviously when you go back into the real world and you're not at camp. But like I really believe like you're starting to walk in the kingdom. You've been in the presence of God for a week and you're starting to experience what happens when real repentance takes yep. place, when real pruning takes place and he begins yep. to replace those things with his joy, with his peace, mm-hmm. with his with his love. And so you're like you're this manifestation of the kingdom is taking place in your life because you're getting closer than you ever have before. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And I just want to tell young people like, stay there. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I know it too. I think like, as we get older kind of just becomes like, and I think people, again, marriage, I think people do it in their marriages. They kind of like fall out of love and it's like, mm-hmm. no, you're supposed to continually stay in love. You're supposed to continue this pursuit, right? Like God's God is not going to, for the most part, he's not going to force himself upon you. Right. Right. Um, and so he, he wants, he desires our pursuit, right? Love your God. Lo, uh, the number one command, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Why is that his number one command? It's because this is his greatest desire. Like he longs for our love more than anything. He desires our love. And so I love that. That's what Paul tells Timothy, like first thing in this letter, boy, like you better fan into flame that gift that God has put inside of you. And so mm-hmm. I think as you know, uh, as Christians, number one, but also like as, you know, as uh, if, if you're a ministry leader in any way, like your number one job, your number one job is not to lead people. Your number one job is to lead yourself to the Lord's feet. Like your number one job is to stoke mm-hmm. that the fire. First, first part, first and, step. And from there, everything else follows, on, but folk, fan so that true. flame, stoke that That's fire, so get in your secret place. Um, and then like everything else becomes overflow. Right. And And think of like what it wouldn't be if it weren't the case, it would right. just be striving, oh, you yeah. know, it would just be performance. And now you're working and working and working yeah. and you, and burnout, yep. you know, and, and like how many people yeah. in ministry experience that, man. It's just like, I love Christine Kane's quote. One of my favorite quotes, I say it often is, uh, she says, people don't burn out because of what they're doing. They burn out because of what they stop doing and they stop throwing logs on the fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, if we have this light inside of us, when Jesus is talking about light, they didn't live in the time of electricity. So it wasn't like on and off. They're talking about fire. Yeah. How do you make a fire bigger? Like you continue to throw logs on it. Like right. you got to get fuel on that fire. 
And so like, I don't think the, you know, we're saved. I don't think the flame is going out, but it will, our hearts can grow colder, Mm -hmm. you know, but, and so like the, the goal is to make that bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that burnout comes dude, because it just becomes this, you know, going through the motions, man, it becomes formulas and protocols and like, here's, you know, it can become this thing. Here's how we get people in the door you know, of yeah. our ministry. Here's how we get people to be a part of our church. And it's like, that's not what it's about. It's about the fire in your heart. And then yeah. that fire in your heart, like it, it stirs up a jealousy in other people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, I want what he has. And so that's the goal is to burn bright in front of people. And you stoke the fire by stoking your fire. It stokes the fire and start of your people, your students, your kids, your volunteers. And so like, it's about how hungry you are how thirsty you are, how much do you want him stir up your affection for him? That's to me, like that's Christian leadership 101. It's not the one, two, threes, the ABCs. It's like, how's the fire, the passion, the love inside mm-hmm. of your heart for God? Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. I am reminded of um, good old Damon Thompson. Oh, Dame. Where he talks about, uh, he talks about how the leaven of, of legalism mm-hmm. and religion can seep in to even your everyday work life. It's not oh, yeah. just your spiritual walk, but it all comes back to his whole thing, which is beloved identity, you know, which I say is his whole thing, but I really do think that even knowing the word and understanding God is love, let's understand, you know, this love for a second. And it all comes back to the identity. You know, Paul is saying, hey, fan into flame this gift that God has given you. There's an identity there that an exception or an accepting that God has given me this gift. Mm-hmm. It is from God. And so I'm just thinking like coming from a place of, I am a be- beloved son of God. I'm set free by the gospel, you know, and uh, I'm going to become what I behold and I'm going to behold Jesus. I'm going to behold the right. word. And as a result, as a secondary consequence, the fruit of the spirit will come out of my life. Right. As know exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. And it's, uh, we so often want to identify or uh, define our success by our behaviors, by our, by the results. And it's not works first, right? It's identity first. Right. It's not the, it's not the gift first. It's first the gift being given by God, being given, not right. earned. Right. And fanning that into flame. And so it's just like, it's so powerful to me when I hear you talk about that. Cause I'm just like, Lord, I want it to be overflow. I don't want it to be striving. I don't want it to be works because that already permeates so much of my life yeah. and it leaves me empty right. every time. It, it's, I think it's easy to like, we get caught up in doing things, things for the Lord and not with him. And so like ministry almost becomes a substitute for my relationship with him. And I, even yeah. if you're not like a ministry leader, but just even a Christian, it's like Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, whenever your church meets can become a substitute for your relationship with him. And it's not like we have mm-hmm. to pray. We have to seek his face. We have to read our word. We have to feed ourselves. We have to run after him. Um, we have to realize like everything that I'm doing is not for him. It's with him. Right. And he wants right. to do it with us. Yeah. And so even like our, you know, our leaders here, like, I don't care if you know, my kids' teachers are the greatest teachers in the world. Like I care if they're on their knees, you know, on their face before the Lord, like our children's pastor, like I want them to be on their faces before the Lord, our, uh, our worship leaders. I want them to be on their, I don't care if they're the most talented, you know, gifted. I care if if they love Jesus, if they're coming in on fire with Mm -hmm. the Holy ghost, I I care if they love, if, if the love of God has been poured into their hearts this morning, not they have a PhD in theology, 
Not that a PhD in theology is bad. It's a not, great thing. Not that, you know, talents and gifts are bad, right. but I want to be sure like that flame um, is being stoked because that, like, that's what produces the anointing. And it's the anointing mm. that breaks the yoke. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, God set it up this way because he's jealous for us. You know, he could have just lit the fire and it be done. But he's mm-hmm. jealous. He wants us to pursue this relationship. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, which which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And he, you know, Paul compares it to being drunk with wine because drunk people don't stay drunk. Right? You have to keep drinking. Mm-hmm. And so we don't stay filled. We don't stay on fire. We have to continue to drink from mm-hmm. his well. We have to continue to fan into flame. We He, he created us. <laughs> he's he's so good. He created us to be dependent on him because he's jealous for us. He longs to be with us to be as close as possible. And so like when people get burnt out, when they get exhausted or, you know, even offended, I guess it's not your pastor's fault. It's not your leader's fault. It's like, it's, it's you, like you've got to fan into flame. And, and, uh, and I feel like far too often Christians play the blame game when their leaders aren't perfect all the while they're neglecting the fire inside of their heart. You know, mm-hmm. Chris, I, you know, well, I want my church to experience a revival. Well, are you experiencing revival, like personally? And right. so like the people, have good, to, they've got a fan in that flame. You know, you'll jump from church to church to church, job to job to job, school to school to school, always hoping the next place is going to be perfect, always looking for greener pastures, always looking for a hotter fire and never taking responsibility for your own personal fire, right? It's not your past. It's your pastor's job to shepherd you. You know, don't, don't blame him that you're not being fed. Mm-hmm. There's a Paul was trying to get people to a place where they no longer needed milk. Eat on your own, right? You mm-hmm. know, eat at home every day. Feast on his presence. You don't have like your your pastor's job is to teach you the word, to shepherd you, to protect you, diff, like stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. he's not he he's not supposed to be there every single day force feeding you. Right. And I and I actually find that the more that I eat on my own, the more that I am in his presence, the more impactful that church services are for me the more tender my heart is for the word from my shepherd, from my pastor, the mm. more tender, the more that I worship in my personal place, the, to me, the more powerful corporate worship becomes. And when you get a people who are stewarding the fires Monday through Saturday, Sunday's about to pop off. Sunday's about to be absolutely yeah, that's, insane. That's Why? Good. Because everybody's heart is coming in with, I want to worship the Lord. I don't right. need my worship leader to be a cheerleader because I'm already there. Does that make yeah. sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, you know, we like you. You were kind of touching on it too. We don't find our identity in. It's you're not defined by your behaviors. Money, yeah. Well, yeah, the behavior too. You know, it's like or like even results. Yeah, it's it's you're focused on the one who is right, and as as a secondary consequence, everything will come about. And so, like, and just let's maybe just practically just talking about what does it look like to fan the flame, Mm -hmm. you know. And I feel like every, it's so cool because I feel like there is a parallel in terms of how God has designed marriage. Right. It's a complete parallel to what our relationship with him is supposed to be like. And so I, I right now am just kind of connecting with that person that's like, I, I want to do it. I am doing it, but I, I, I'm not seeing breakthrough. I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing that. And let me just tell you, like, their history is a, is a, creates a bond. Mm-hmm. like nothing else will. You can completely know a person inside and out in history with that person and experience with that person, walking with that person over time will still lead you into a deeper place of intimacy with them. And I'm sure as a married man, 
you can attest. Oh yeah. There's things that, you know, you and Sarah figured each other out and got right. to know each other in your first couple of years of marriage. Right. And you could say, Oh, we're so close. Never been this close to a person in my life. And now you're, how long have y'all been married now? Uh, almost 13 years. 13 years yeah. is going to a bond of 13 years. Mm -hmm. You guys have gotten to know oh, this is, I know Sarah doesn't like this. Mm -hmm. I know Josh doesn't like this or she loves this or he loves this. You, that, that's basic. Yeah. Knowing the heart of the father is the basic part. Now walking in history and like walking a timeline with the word mm -hmm. that generates it's a tenacity in you because you've yeah. seen God be faithful. You've seen him do the good things. It's a good word. Everything in, in here in scripture, it's like, okay, there it is. I know it's by hearing I have faith. And then you walk it out and it, and it moves from faith to like, per, it permeates your being and like, whoa, dude, like that's so cool to <laughs> me, you know? It's cool too, because like, Sarah and I have been married for 13 years and like, yeah, I know her more than anybody else in the world knows her. Mm -hmm. And she knows me more than anybody else in the world knows me. Mm -hmm. But it's so cool because there's still like this mystery of like what's going on in your heart, yeah. you know, because it can change from day to day. Yeah. Um, and so there's still this pursuit of like, what's going on in your heart? What's going on in your mind? Mm -hmm. And still like even like learning things about her and her right. learning things about me. But it's this but it's so cool how the love has grown. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's the, that's the goal in marriage is like, we're more in love today the than we were when we first met. Right. Just grows. Yeah. And it's the same thing with God. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, that's one thing I love about following our pastor here, pastor Tim, he's, he's twice my age. I'm 33. He's 66. And mm -hmm. that dude is one of the most excited men that I've ever met. Like every day mm -hmm. he's coming in, he's full of joy. He's excited about the day. He's excited about the kingdom of God. He's excited about discipling people. He's excited about his vision for our church. I mean, he I, like he's one of the most positive people I've ever met, and and that's that's it, dude. That's the like the, that's the yeah. fire growing, the zeal growing, the passion growing. Mm -hmm. What makes me sad sometimes is when people say like, you know, when I was younger, I had that zeal, I had that passion, I had that whatever, and it's like, what happened? Right. What happened to it? It should grow. I want to be more on fire. I'm 33. I want to be more on fire when I'm 53, and more on fire when I'm 73. I love a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I remember hearing Sean Foyt tell a story when he was like 22 or something and they used to start, he, when him and his wife were in college and they were doing like these worship meetings and this like, this old man would come like 80 something years old. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, <laughs> I think he told him, boy, he said, when you get my age, or he basically said like, you better be burdened as burdened brighter when you're my age than you are right now. Mm -hmm. And he was just talking about how incredible his life is and how his love for the Lord has just grown. And this old man, 80 years old, coming to worship Jesus with all his college students and would just cry and lay on his face and shake and all these things in these worship meetings. It's like his love didn't dwindle, you know? Yeah. He stayed childlike before the Lord. Yeah. And this love and this passion grew. And so like that comes from fanning our flame. And I'll say, Noah, like, I, like knowing the word is so important and people like, I get it. I'm supposed to know God. I'm supposed to have my relationship. I'm supposed to abide. But to me, like when people fall into sin, when they slip into sin, the first place they compromised is always the secret place. The first place they, they, and not necessarily sinful, but it's like, that's what led to it is because you weren't going in the secret place, seeking after him every day. Because when you do, you get filled and you lose your taste for sin. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I, I wake up, crucify my flesh, spend time with him. But when I spend time with him, I don't have as much of a proclivity to sin because I'm filled with him. And mm -hmm. so I'm filled with his will and his heart. But when I distance myself from his heart, I, my heart begins to be deceived by other things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, how do people fall? How did people fall into such, you see these men of God fall into such great sins. Well, how did that happen? What started with, they stopped praying. Yeah. 
yeah. they because they knew God. Right. It started with they stopped reading the Word because they know the Word. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I've been in ministry now for 12 years. Like I know a lot of scripture and I could talk, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you've heard me preach before, I can talk for hours and hours and hours <laughs> on the word. Like I, I teach two Bible classes every day. Like I, I, I have teach our interns yeah. classes. And so yeah. like, I know the word, I know it a lot inside and out, but I can never get to the place where I'm like, oh yeah, I know the word. Oh yeah. I know Jesus. Oh yeah. Like whatever. That's the, that's the place to me where compromise begins. Mm-hmm. Because we begin to become familiar with him, we stop honoring him mm-hmm. like we're supposed to. And so we got to live in this place where we continue to fan into flame that relationship, that gift. Thoughts? I'm just... <laughs> I'd get talking and Noah's looking at me and I can tell like the wheels are spinning. So I always want to hear, hear what he says. Man, because I'm just, I don't know, I'm always just drawing it in or, or comparing it to my personal life. And I'm just thinking about how it's we've been designed to discover more and more about God. This mm-hmm. journey is net was never meant to be something where we get it all and we have it all together. Even in the garden when God created Adam and Eve in their perfect form. I yeah. can in comparison to what we have now, which is a fault which is fallen body, sure. fallen flesh. But even then it's implied by how the devil tempted Eve that they didn't know all about God. They didn't know everything that God has designed us from the very beginning, even within our perfect form to develop relationship that comes from being consistent and having tenacity within the intimacy um, with God. Mm -hmm. And so like, even when the devil says, did God really say that? Well, that implies to me that Eve actually didn't have a full revelation, and we and we know that mm-hmm. obviously Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. But but even there, there's just so much there. Even after even after that, which is right. cool. But it's implied to me that even in the garden, man was designed to pursue and to chase and to learn. And I'm just also reminded that like proximity, that is what it keeps you fascinated yeah. in a way. You know, like just thinking about you and Sarah, right? Like that mm-hmm. started off, oh, wow, she's really pretty. She can shoot some hoops. Yeah, sure. You know, and then proximity yeah. generated this love and this yeah. connection. And if you guys separate yeah. over time, yeah, things that something's going to come in place and, yeah. and things are there's going to be separation. And so I think for me, what I'm gathering from this is like first part of knowing the word is, you know, getting, getting in in the Bible, you understand the truth. Okay. Here it is. Okay. Now I want to see God. I want to live in a place of proximity where what I read in scripture comes to pass and I see it happen in my own life. Mm -hmm. And then with enough tenacity, with a perseverance, consistency, giving yourself the grace of time, Mm -hmm. you'll watch God just like fulfill his promises. And then it's like, Whoa, this is cool. No, for sure. You know? And, um, thinking about intimacy with, with Sarah, it's like, if we distance ourselves, I was talking to somebody about this the other day is like, there's a percentage of like m- most affairs when people have a, they commit adultery. Most of it is with somebody in the, in, they work with. Yeah. And it's like, why? It's like, because they're around them more, they're around them and they like, yeah. they allow them, you know, they allow themselves to be deceived, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's that time that they spend with that person. Mm-hmm. And so that and, and and so that's why it's important for married couples is like be around each other as much as possible, like pursue mm-hmm. each other's hearts and and um and it's the same thing with the Lord. It's like we commit adultery per se on him because we distance ourselves from him. But we were designed to live in communion and not just on Constant Sunday communion. and Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's like when I'm driving to work, when I'm in my office, yeah. when I'm doing yeah. whatever, you know, when you're on your lunch break. 
And it's weird because we allow busyness to keep us from him, but not everybody else. And it's mm-hmm. like, he's the most important relationship. It's like, oh, I'll spend time with him later. You know, what if I had that mindset about Sarah? What's like, you know, something comes up, well, I'll spend time with her later. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, you, that's how you, you fall out of love. Like you, you're, you're backsliding because you're not front sliding. And it's like, yeah. you got to continue to fall in love with the Lord. Um, and like, I love too, you said your history, like it's so cool with Sarah. It's like, when we talk and we're intimate or when we are um, on a date or whatever, we talk so much about our history. We talk so much about like, you remember when we first met, you remember mm-hmm, when we mm-hmm. first kissed, you remember, when, you know, the, the first time that we hung out or the, you know, our, our, uh, our honeymoon or whatever. And it's like, it's like almost like a rediscovering of that love all the time and it grows yeah. deeper, but we do it with the Lord too. You know, we have these moments with God. And so, you know, it's, it's such an incredible thing. This, intimacy with the Lord. And as we grow and, and, and two, like, uh, you're talking about Adam and Eve, like, did God really say, and that's the, that is the temptation of the devil, right? Yes. Right. Well, and Adam yes. and Eve weren't walking with him in the cool of the day. Like where were they? They were off somewhere. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been around something they shouldn't have been around. And, oh, did get, did God really say that? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, that God didn't say that. He knows that if you eat this fruit, you'll be like him. And so he mm-hmm. deceived Eve into thinking God's, God is withholding something from me. I'm not mm-hmm. everything he created me to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it and that goes back to identity, right? Yeah. So then you go to Jesus in the wilderness after he had heard heard God say the father said this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. The first thing the devil says if you are mm-hmm. the son of God. So the biggest thing wasn't like I'm hungry I need these stones to become bread. It's did God really say that I am his son? Mm-hmm. Right. And so this, it comes back to this issue of identity and that's why yeah. the Holy spirit is the spirit of truth because right. he tells us who God is. He tells us who Jesus is. He tells us who we are. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important that we stay in this, this communion with him. Mm-hmm. That's why praying in the spirit is so important to me. Like I pray in the spirit a lot. I pray in tongues all the time because when I pray in tongues, like I don't know what to say, but the Holy spirit knows what to say. Yeah. And so yeah. Romans eight shows me that when I pray in the spirit, it's connecting me to his spirit mm-hmm. and his perfect will is being downloaded into my spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a way that we stay full, right? It will even, you go back to Ephesians. Sorry, I'm just going off yeah, on a tangent here, but Ephesians 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. And then he begins this, he get, and then the very next verse says comma with songs with spiritual songs with hymns Mm -hmm. singing them unto the lord with each other and so it's like this picture of you know singing songs about the lord worship you know Mm -hmm. is a way you said you become like what you behold worship Mm -hmm. is how we behold him right and so even more and the the, the next part of the series we're going to talk about knowing scripture but even more so than knowing scripture it's like i can encounter the person of jesus i can encounter god face to face, right? Moses, before he got the word, before he got it written on stone, he was encountering God on the mountain. And so like God, he wants to be close to us. We were the ones that distance ourselves. Mm -hmm. But even when God came to his people, even when Adam and Eve sinned, God came to them, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Where, like, where are you, Adam? Like, you're not where you're supposed to be, you know? And then, oh, I'm naked. So I, I hit, who told you? Who told you that you were naked? It wasn't me. You know, did you do something I told you not to do? And it's mm-hmm. like, God was after this communion. He was after this relationship. And even when Adam and Eve blew it, he's like, he basically prophesied, I'm coming for you. I'm going to send my son to make right everything that you made wrong. Everything that you and the devil, everything you and partnering with a lie made wrong, I'm going to make it right. 
I'm coming with truth. I'm coming to show you the way. I'm coming to show you life. I'm going to shine my light on you. And that, man, when we open up an intimacy, then I love, uh, I've heard intimacy described too, is like into me, you see. And so, hey, 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 hey. that's cool. Um, and, but it's this opening up of letting God's love shine on me, mm. knowing the word, his light was a life. Is that what it says? His life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so like we're filled with his life and he drives out all those things in us through intimacy, through knowing him, through that relationship. And then we begin to shine in the darkness too. Mm -hmm. It's cool, man. I think we should stop here and then go into a part two or something. How long have we been going? 35. Oh, really? Already? Yeah. All right. So I'll say- I think this is, yeah. Okay. So so wrap this up. Our mandate, number one mandate, every believer, fellowship with God. Right. Draw near, abide in him, remain in him. This is the biggest part of our calling, right? It is his presence has to come before production. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with him has to come before production. It's a little, little, he who has ears, let him hear. But intimacy with Sarah had to come before we had babies. Right. It's the same thing with the Lord. Intimacy with him comes before we produce for him mm-hmm. or produce with him, I guess I should say. So don't let your calling, don't let your ministry, don't let your influence become an idol. You know, like I'm not called to have influence for Jesus without being intimate with him first. If I'm intimate with him, influence will be a byproduct. If I'm stewarding his presence, production will be a byproduct. So good. Dude. But on the other side, like that can never be the aim. Fruit will be produced if we remain in him. He promises us that. And so like I reign in him and I don't worry about the fruit. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. What thinks, whatever he wants, I'll let him add and take away like whatever he wants. And so we've got to stay conscience, uh, conscious of this um, relationship we have with him, knowing the word, knowing Christ, fanning it into flame. So yeah, we can land the plane here. Solid. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that you're Emmanuel, that you're God with us, that you came close. Lord, remind us constantly to steward this fire that you have started on the inside of our hearts, that we would fan it into flame so that our whole body would be engulfed with fire so that we would shine bright into the world. That it, would, it wouldn't be about our influence. It wouldn't be about how many followers we have, how many likes we get, how many listens we get. But Lord, it would be all about shining bright, that our number one goal would be come face to face with you every single day. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this great gift that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.